What is up, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I'm so excited for you to be here today. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, what up? How are you? Sending you guys all so much love. Today, we are going to be talking about fear, okay? We're going to be talking about how fear can manifest in our life because sometimes it can be real sneaky because the more we learn about ourselves, and the more we develop and grow, so does our ego. So does the fear. You know, the fear starts to morph and change the more we face things and dance with things and have these new experiences, new opportunities. And at the same time, our past experiences, the things that we've experienced that, you know, where we felt disappointed or we felt like we dropped the ball or we felt like we failed at something. We get to also look at those because some that's that's where a lot of our fear responses come from. Is like, ooh, that hurt really bad, so I'm going to avoid feeling that. And oftentimes, it's us going after the things that we really want. You know, I remember, and I've shared this before, but I want to share it again. Um, the first time I worked like with a coach where they had me write 90 day goals, I'd never. Like I'd never done that before. I had never like sat down and and written out. Well, what do I want over this next ninety days? And had the accountability from someone else. I was so terrified of the accountability of someone else knowing because I didn't trust myself to follow through. So I was afraid, like, oh my god. And I was also like not decisive. So in my mind, I was just like, what if I change my mind and I'm fucking trapped in this one thing that I have to do? And I don't, and I was just like paralyzed with like overthinking about it. And he kept being like, where are your 90 day goals? Where are your 90 day goals? He's like, why don't we get on the phone? Like what's actually coming up? And I was like, I don't know. I just can't do it. He's like, well, let's talk it out. And and I told him like, well, my worry is if I change my mind and what if I need to, like, what if I can't do it. And just the fear of failure, really, that's what was bubbling up out of it was the fear of failure. Um, and so he's like, how about this? He's like, just put down things that are stretchy, but attainable, but possible, right? You have 90 days. This isn't anything you need to do overnight. You get to break it down. And it was just like, he's like, you get to start messy. That's really what it came down to. And he's like, and you also are allowed to renegotiate if things do change. He's like, there's nothing wrong with changing it, but it's the root of why you're changing it. If you're changing it because you realize that it's no longer in alignment, or if you're changing it because it seems too scary and you don't know where to start. He's like, we get, and it was just practicing communicating and being open and having an open dialogue about this instead of shoving it down and letting it stifle me because that was my pattern in the past was like distract myself and start something new and not talk about the possible failure or push myself so far like with the corporate experience of my job that I used to have I pushed myself and pushed myself and pushed myself and I burnt out because I was I never felt like I was good enough, so I would kept pushing, pushing, pushing. But then there were times that I felt like, oh, yes, I'm killing it. This is awesome. Like, my sales are amazing. and and But it came a point that I was like, why am I doing this? Who is this for? You know? But I realized was me wanting to prove myself, me being like, well, I have this. It's like the social status of being important and having a job and making good money and it. it I felt like I was doing everything society told me were things to do to be successful. But when I looked around at my life, I didn't feel like it was mine. I didn't feel like it was a life that I envisioned for myself. I was burned out. I was pissed off. I was aggravated. My hair was falling out. I had all these health issues. And it was all directly related to the stress. No one had really taught me how to manage the stress, you know, all the, it was just like, okay, well, talk it out or drink it or smoke it and 
move on and keep grudging on, you know, show up to the next day. And I was so burnt out by it. So flash forward a couple years later is when I was working with that coach and doing um, the 90 day goals. And it just revealed so much to me of just of the moment I was able to verbalize what the fear was because I didn't realize what the fear was. I just felt like I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like a block, you know, but being able to verbalize it and understand it, it like lifted the veil. So then I could see, I was like, oh, this is what's going on. Oh, and this is where we get to start to have compassion for all the layers of ourself because you know, there's our adult self and then there's our inner child within and the inner child is the one that's freaked out. And so it's like our adult self gets to comfort that version of ourself. Um, you know, because I was stifled because of past experiences of starting things and not being accountable. And then my confidence in myself would dwindle and dwindle and dwindle every time I would say I was going to do something. And I didn't, I used to be like the person that could follow through for other people, no matter what, where if some, if I told someone I was going to do something and be there for them, I'll be there. But for myself, I would drop the ball over and over and over again. Like I wouldn't follow through on the things that I really wanted to do for myself unless there was like some form of instant gratification. You know, I'd have this big idea, but I would let it be so big. I wouldn't know where to start. So then instead of like being in the long haul with it, I would just start something new that brought me a similar satisfaction, but it was a distraction. And then, you know, what I didn't realize is that it was affecting my confidence tremendously. I didn't realize that. Um, but but that's the, that's the confidence formula, you know, say you're going to do something, you follow through, your confidence goes up and vice versa. If you don't, your confidence goes down, you know, things that you say for yourself or for other people. But the caveat with that is really recognizing what promises you're making. Are you are they unrealistic standards that are impossible to meet? You know, do you have fifty thousand things on your to do list? So you're not really allowing yourself to ever reach this like accomplished end of the day feeling. You know, do you find feeling like it's not enough? It's not enough because if so, take yourself out of it a little bit and imagine if you were managing you. You know, would you ask this much of someone else? You know, um, and. It's not, yes, we want to stretch ourselves to do our best, but we also want to create an attainable plan for ourselves in the day so we can end the day feeling proud. And sometimes, if, you know, especially when we are like in the ebb of flow of things, if you ever feel like you're in a rut, asking yourself the question, like, how can I make myself proud today? Because that is going to, the answer to that is going to vary all the time, you know? Um, and something that has really been beneficial for me is journaling at night, how I want the day to go the next day, you know, and even putting in some time, like time frames for things. I mean, and, and writing it all out, like wake up and drink my organified green juice. Um, uh, go to the restroom, put cold water on my face, uh, you know, open up my journal, um, drink my coffee, record a podcast, and just like writing it all out, just imagining how I would want the day to go for things to just ebb and flow, take the dogs for a walk, and I write it all out and visualize it the night before. So then in the morning, it I, I find I get so much enjoyment out of like, wake up, drink your green juice, and I'm like, oh yes, I'm going to put a line through that because I did that, you know? And so it's not just acknowledging yourself for the big things you do, it's really <laughs> acknowledging yourself for all of the other little things as well. Um, and so that's something that's been supporting me and being on purpose with my time. So let's talk about the different ways that fear can 
camouflaged into our life (laughs) and sneak into our life. So one of the biggest ones, I call it comparisonitis, okay? Comparisonitis is when we feel flustered and stifled and like stuck because we are so consumed with what everyone else is doing. And this happens a lot when we are not in love with what we're doing or the projects that we have or, you know, the, the hobbies or our job and things like that. Because when we do not feel in love with what we have going on in our own life, what everyone else has going on seems appetizing, seems interesting, seems like, oh, well, maybe I'd like that. Oh, well, maybe I'd like that. And it kind of is rooted in this like FOMO of like fear of missing out of like, oh, I don't want anyone else to be having more fun than me or to be experiencing something better than me. I, you know, and this, you know, comparison, I just, when you notice that you are comparing yourself or like, oh, this doesn't look good. You know, you can ask like compared to what? And you can start to notice where your comparisons are coming from, you know, or if you find yourself judging other people and the money that they make, you know, is that rooted in comparison of like, well, if they have that, I should have that too. You know, comparison can be this really sneaky way of, um, preventing us from deep connection and also from taking action on the things that really matter to us on our dreams. Because if we aren't willing to start something because it's not going to look like someone else. It's like, well, you don't know those first newbie steps that they had. Like, this is something that helps me so much is, you know, not comparing your day one to someone's day 10,000 or vice versa, you know? And this, this is so true. And I want you to really hear this and soak this in. Anyone that is farther along in the journey that you're wanting to be on will never judge you. Because they know what it takes. They know the grit. They know the gratitude. They know, you know, the facing of fears that it requires to put yourself out there on things to, especially if you're selling something that is of you, from you, you know, by you, (laughs) it it can be so vulnerable because it allows possible rejection. Then there's the self-worth conversation around pricing. And, you know, so whenever we are doing those things, feel judged by someone else or someone's verbalizing their judgment towards us, ask yourself, like, are they in the arena? Are they showing up for their dreams? Are they on the journey that I'm wanting to be on? Is this a mentor in this department of my life? Is this someone that I would look up to? Is this person that have have credibility? Or is this person projecting their own fears? Because the people that are going where you're going, the people that have experienced, you know, the vulnerability of putting themselves out there, they won't judge you. It's only the people that are judging themselves and preventing themselves from going after their dreams where they project that onto you. And so this is where we get to really flex the muscle, the muscle of not taking things personally, not taking things personally will free you. If we remember that everyone has their own shit going on, right? You know, have you ever had that moment where you're at, you're driving and you're just pissed off at the driver in front of you because you want them to go faster or they just cut you off or excuse else, you know? there's probably something going on within the day that has caused you to be upset, right? Maybe there's other things that you are not feeling in control of. So you're wanting to take control when you're driving, or maybe something bad happens in the morning, you go into work and other people think that you're mad at them (laughs) and people that are more introvert people like, what's the matter? Are you mad at me? (laughs) You know, they don't know what's going on in our life. And so we might be in a bad mood and it has nothing to do with them. But if we take out anger on someone else, they could turn around and take it personally, you know, but it's like, wait, no, this is me. I apologize. It's me. You know, so if any, the reason why I'm sharing this is if you feel like people are judging you or people are projecting things onto you, remember that 
It's about them way more than it's about you. And we don't know what's going on in their life. And so we can't take anything personal because we don't know what the buildup was for that person to lash out or that person to throw some shade or whatever else. So just be aware of that. Take nothing personally, you know, and it will start to free you. And so notice when people say something, if you say something and you find yourself being like, well, wait a minute, are they talking about me? Be like, no, everyone is speaking from like a projection of their own experience. And the people that really see you will see you. And so a way to shift out of comparisonitis is be willing to be the newbie and compare yourself only to yourself. Compare yourself to where you were yesterday, last week, last month, last year, not towards someone else's journey because you have no idea what has led up to their level of success and you can't just judge it off Instagram photos and likes or whatever else because that doesn't equal happiness you know that just means they can create status or you know influence but that doesn't equate to happiness fulfillment and purpose so just be aware of that comparisonitis is a trap and notice if that starts to come up into your life that stopping you from taking action on things because you want it to look a certain way everyone has to be a newbie at some point. That's just the awkward stages of beginnings, but it doesn't feel awkward for a long time. You start to get more comfortable and then we stretch a little bit more into something new. And then we stretch a little bit more into something new. Like if you're ambitious, this is going to be nagging at you. And so you might as well give yourself that permission slip to start messy and that being a newbie is okay. And that the only person you need to compare yourself is you. Okay. To yourself. Okay. So the, the next thing is the perfectionist. And when I was first told by a coach, like, well, you're a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I didn't identify with that word. So if you're like, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. I don't identify with that at all. I want you to keep listening <laughs> because, you know, he, he told me, he was like, you know, you're, you're very controlled. You want to make sure that you can control how people perceive you because then that feels safer because it, you don't want the fear of rejection or fear of judgment, but then you start people pleasing because you are afraid of them rejecting you. And I was like, holy shit, I've never felt so fucking naked right now. <laughs> and so I'm sharing this with you because it was so eye-opening. And the more we know about ourselves, the more we can trust ourselves. So perfectionism can show up, you know, and it sounds very much like, you know, I know it's something I can do. I'm just uh, waiting to get things ready and in line for it. Or um, I know I can, I'm just waiting for the right time. You know, that I'm waiting for. Whatever you're waiting for is just perfectionism cloaking a logical thought and a logical reason, right? Our excuses for why we're not taking action on something are oftentimes, often, more than not times, um, very reasonable, logical, and understandable, right? And our intuitive urges and nudges rarely are logical and understandable, right? It's just that I got a feeling or I just have an urge to do this or I just had a pull, something was pulling me towards it. And so if you try to rationalize and understand why you're feeling called towards a certain thing, fear is in this idea of, oh, I need to wait till I'm ready or, oh, that doesn't make sense, will stop you. And so notice where you are Notice where you are not doing something because you feel like, oh, it just doesn't make sense to, to try that out right now. It's like your, our intuition rarely makes sense. It's in the act and the pursuit of following those intuitive urges that things are then revealed to us through that, right? That we learn more about who we are. We become more of who we are by following those impulses before fear stops us with a very logical 
reason not to, a very logical excuse. So if you feel like, yeah, I know I can, I'm just waiting to feel ready, ask, what are you waiting for? How will you know when you're ready? And how can you start anyways? Done is better than perfect, but also let's take away this idea that it needs to look a certain way and allow yourself to shift out of that controlled, you know, gotta be the best into curious and playful and with a sense of wonder and a sense of, hmm, what if? And allow yourself to just play with the first step. Maybe the first step is researching. Maybe the first step is just writing out your thoughts and allowing them to kind of fill up a paper. Maybe the first step is making a phone call to someone you know and asking some questions. You know, what is that first step? You know, if it was someone else who told you, hey, I really want to do this thing. Think of something you really want to do. Maybe it's Maybe it's showing up more on social media. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's starting a blog. Maybe it's selling your food. Maybe it's making jewelry. Maybe it's starting a business, a coaching business, empowerment business, right? Teaching self-love. Ask, what, what would be a first step right now? You know, what step am I in and what would be the first step? And if this was someone else who told me, if this was a friend of mine that said, hey, I want to do this, what what advice would I give her? Sometimes it's the easiest, the easiest way to, um, you know, coach ourselves and and guide and lead ourselves is to take ourselves out of it and imagine how we would respond to this scenario if it was someone else. All of a sudden we got the best advice. We got the best viewpoints. If we can detach ourselves from it a little bit and spin it around and look at it and, you know, take it in and, and come from a different perspective with it. What step are you in? How could you start? How could you just take a little inch forward towards that thing that is that is calling you, towards that dream? And are you willing to let it just be this like baby newborn thing versus it being all grown up and adult and, and perfect and ready and like, oh, a six-figure business and oh, I'm a professional chef. Like, are you allowing yourself to be a newbie? Because if you're waiting, you'll be waiting a long time. And if you wait until you're absolutely ready, you're going to regret waiting so long because you're like, shit, why didn't I start earlier? Like, have you ever met someone that's like, yeah, I just wish I would have started later in life. Like what? No. (laughs) I mean, maybe if it's something like that's dangerous to our body, like if it's drinking or smoking, I wish I started later in life. Yeah. But if it's in regards to the dreams and the things that you really want and those desires start messy. Okay. Okay. So the next fear voice that we're going to talk about is the imposter syndrome, that sense of not enoughness of like, who am I to do this? Like, I'm not the person for this. This comes up with every single person that is pursuing something that feels scary. Every time, like, especially with stuff on social media, you know, if you're wanting to share part of your story and like kind of talk on a topic, it's definitely imposter syndrome is going to press up against you. But this is, listen to this though. If you feel imposter syndrome, That is a sign that you are not being narcissistic. Like only a narcissist would be like, I am for sure the person, like right off the bat, right? Everyone needs to have that little bit of humility when we're in the learning stage so then we can actually learn. Because if we think that we know it all, we're closed off to learning anything new. And like for me in my life, I want to always be, you know, a student of life, continuously learning, continuously letting my beliefs be challenged, continuously letting my experience shape my beliefs and like, See, my beliefs is this living, breathing thing that is not stuck and rigid into one perspective. So 
The feeling of being an imposter is a sign of emotional intelligence because that is the sign that you are edging up against that line of your comfort zone and stepping into something new and allowing your voice to be heard, allowing yourself to be seen, allowing yourself to take up space, which by the way, there's enough space for everyone and there's enough people for everyone to serve. There's a certain person out there that needs to hear exactly what you have to say. There's a certain person out there that is just a step or two behind you that really needs to hear your guidance on what you have to say from your perspective. Even if you share things that have been said before, no one can say it the exact way that you say it, right? So, you know, when people talk about, oh, the market's saturated or, oh, there's just so many people doing that or, oh, most businesses fail, like... Tune into why you want to do it, right? If it's from a place of service and you're just feeling a calling towards it and it just sounds like it just lights you up when you think about it, lean into it. Who is anyone to do anything? You don't have to be an expert to help someone. You do have to have some vulnerability, right? Because it's the courage to share parts of yourself, the courage to share a story, just the courage to show up online and take up space, But if it could help one person, isn't it worth it? If it could encourage one person, isn't it worth it? If it could inspire one person, you know, every single like is a heartbeat. It's, it's, it's a heartbeat. It's a person. And so even if it's at work, right, maybe stepping into a new position at work, or if it's in your family, of maybe starting a family, maybe wanting to become a mom, wanting to become a wife, you know, that feeling of who am I to do this? Who am I to want this? Who is anyone to do anything? You're allowed to want what you want, but you got to show up for it. You got to initiate it, right? Our job is to take action and to show up, but then God, the universe, like is facilitating those little pieces that fall into place, but we got to trust and believe that it's possible, We got to be able to see the best case scenario as much as the mind wanders towards the worst case scenario, because the more and more you redirect it to, you know, well, what's the best thing that can happen? What would be, you will start to train your mind to think in that direction. And what happens when we start thinking in that way, we can notice more of those things. And so it's really important um, to remember that who is anyone to do anything, And that you only need to be a step or two ahead in order to really guide and support and help someone. And even if you're not supporting or helping anyone, if you are expressing yourself, you are liberating everyone else around you to express themselves, right? If you're showing up being goofy and wild or showing a part of yourself that is just real and you, you instantly give everyone permission around you to do the same thing. So you're, you're empowering people and guiding people just by expressing yourself and honoring your honesty and your truth, you know? So if you find yourself not taking action out of fear of not wanting to come across a certain way or, you know, who am I to do this? You got a little imposter syndrome going down, right? So notice it, acknowledge it. Write it out, put it in a journal and be like, who do I get to be? I'm going to show up anyways. I, I, I get to be confident. I get to take up space. I get to be heard. And I also get to be me, that it's safe to be me. I don't need to be anyone else. I don't need to be someone else in order to take up space in my life. I get to be me. It's safe to be me. 
And when you are doing that, when you are being yourself, you attract these beautiful relationships, these beautiful opportunities, right? But if you're showing up trying to be someone else, you will attract situations that are for that version of yourself you're trying to be that isn't actually you, you know? Um, So just be aware there's a cause and effect to everything that we do. So you might as well, you might as well start now. You might as well pick up whatever it is that you've put down. You might as well ask yourself, what is one step towards completing or finishing that thing? And, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, break it down into little steps, into little moments of arrivals, little milestones, so you can celebrate. Because if you have a big dream and a big goal, and you're waiting to celebrate till you've arrived at this big pinnacle point... You're going to be exhausted, you're going to burn out, and it's not going to be enough steam to keep you going. you got to break it up into these milestones, into these arrival points, into these moments for celebration. And the more that we can start to do that, the more replenished we will be because we have moments of self-acknowledgement and reflection and acknowledging our growth instead of being caught up in that it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough we get to interrupt that pattern because that pattern will stifle you and keep you small. That sti- that pattern will keep you from really expressing yourself and taking up the space that you are so worthy of taking up. And just remember, there's an infinite amount of space, of time, of money, of resources, of love, of opportunities, you know, but we also get to trust that things are happening in the time that we're ready for them to happen. You know, but we get to initiate them. We get to start it. We get to show up for it. We get to say yes. We get to step out of our comfort zone. And we get to trust that it's totally okay to learn. And it's totally okay to be a newbie. And it's totally okay to just start messy. That's the big thing I want you to hear. So that this is wrapping up our episode. I have shared three little fear voices that can manifest, that stop us from taking action on the things that really matter to us. The first one, comparison, comparisonitis. The second one being perfection. And the third one being the imposter syndrome. So check in with yourself and notice if any of these are resonating with you and be willing to take action, okay? So if you love this episode, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me, um, or send it to a friend. If you know a friend that needs to hear this that has been struggling with not following through or just the feeling of fear, right? That feeling of analysis paralysis. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what action to take next. Like, stop, breathe. I got you and you got this. Um, and you know, if other questions and stuff come up, like feel free, you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm always hanging out there and I always reply to my messages. So I'd love to meet you and connect with you. So I'm Kelsey Lowe and you are listening to joyfully you podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.